Hi, this is Millie, and you're listening to the Escaping Narcissistic Parents podcast, where you'll find the validation and love you've been looking for. Welcome to my new listeners, and thanks to my loyal friends. Please follow me on Instagram at Escaping Narcissistic Mothers, all one word, and I will put all this in the show notes. Hi, everybody. I hope you're doing okay. I apologize for the gap here since my last new podcast. Um, the reason being, I just have not been feeling well. Um, I've been open and honest about having an autoimmune disorder called Graves' disease. And that's a disease, an autoimmune disorder that attacks your thyroid. And it makes it hyper. But once you have it, and once even under treatment, and even if your numbers are in range, a lot of people, including myself, we never feel just the way we used to feel. We don't have energy. Um, we feel sick and our bodies hurt. So I just haven't been up to it in a few days. But I'm here now. And I'm hoping that since my last podcast was about Mother's Day that you all did the best you could to protect yourself to keep yourself safe and happy on that day as much as possible. I know for most of us, Mother's Day is probably the hardest day of the year, right? Even harder than the other holidays and birthdays and stuff is Mother's Day. Because it's just the social stigma, the social, you know, mothers are all wonderful, right? Idea. And... For all of us that have mothers that are not wonderful, that purposely hurt us, that we don't want to be around, that's not fun for us to have to see all of the gushing on Mother's Day. And a lot of it is fake, by the way. Just, I know a lot of you know that, but everyone has... And and this is, it's just, I, I hate this. But we have a social media persona, which is, and that's all of us. Except, except for me. And I say that not because I'm better, but because I just don't post anymore. I go on there, I read, I'll post something that's not relevant to my life. If I ever post anything. Um, I try to stay away from my personal social media. Obviously, I'm very involved in social media with a podcast and an Instagram page, but it's it's anonymous, right? That's anonymous. Um, I mean, it's not a hundred percent anonymous like it used to be, but it's it's still it's still not me putting my my complete self out there. Um. So everyone has this persona that they put out on Instagram, that they put out on Facebook, you know, and 
you know, those pictures of the smiling daughter with the great mother is a show for the most part. It's a show. Even my own pictures that I've had to look at and and I still will be looking at for the next few days in my memories. Right? They're not real. Right? They're not real. But we have to deal with that when a lot of us are not in contact with our own mothers or just don't want to be around our mothers, right? But it's not accepted, right? It's not accepted. It's funny because I was watching um, the TV series called Made for Love on HBO, and it's... um, it doesn't matter what the show is about, but it's about this guy who's, his last name is Google. It's like, Google, it's a take on Google, right? He's this tech guy and he has a cube in the middle of nowhere where it's hidden, like literally hidden by technology. Like, that's why you can't see it because it's cloaked. And then inside it's it's cubes and each cube can be, they can make it in to look like anything, the beach or whatever. Really, it is. It's, it's a form of control. But it's not about that. What I'm going to say is I actually saw, I was watching it yesterday, and one of the characters said that he hadn't talked to his mother in many years, that he didn't even know she was alive. And I thought to myself, it's okay for a character on TV to say that, no one's going to bat an eyelash at this. But it's not okay for it to be the truth. Right? Because that's on a TV show. It's not okay for us to be, for it to be the truth for us. But I'm telling you that it is okay. Whatever is, whatever makes you feel good. Whatever makes you feel comfortable. Whatever makes you feel like you're doing the right thing for yourself is fine, is correct, regardless of what anyone else thinks. Because what other people think is none of your business. There you go. All right. Now, enough with that introduction um, or a review of Mother's Day. Let's talk about what I wanted to talk about today, which is therapists. And I've done other podcasts on therapists. Um, not every therapist is created equal. Okay. I'm going to start off by saying this. A lot. Not a lot. But. Because saying a lot would, would be a lie on my part. An exaggeration. Several. Of my Instagram followers. These are the ones that actually reach out to me. And by the way, I don't have a million DMs. Um, I think there's an idea out there that I'm, you know, I have so many DMs I can't answer you. Please feel free to send me a message if you want to send me a message. And I will do my best. I don't like to give out personal advice, but sometimes I make a podcast about your issue. And that's where my advice will come from. <laughs> so if if you're struggling with something, send me a DM. Feel free. Remember, it's at escaping narcissistic mothers, all one word. Okay. 
So I have been contacted by women who were raised by a narcissistic mother who were therapists and psychiatrists. And some of their stories have been severe, like the mothers had them medicated for um, a portion of their childhood, saying that they were bad and then giving them medications and have them drugged up all the time because that's the easiest way to have control over someone. But that's also child abuse. And it's it's horrible that there were people standing by that probably knew about it and didn't call CPS, Child Protective Services, on this horrific, on these horrific mothers who were drugging their children. Okay, what eight-year-old needs to be on an antidepressant? That's rare, okay? Not that it doesn't happen, but it's rare. And I hope I'm not, like, opening your eyes right now. You know, I I hope not, because that's a tough thing to have to deal with, that mom was prescribing medications when I didn't need them, right? All right, so... All, all all therapists are not created equal. Ther- a therapist is in a position of power, and that's why narcissists are attracted to that kind of that kind that career. Um, there are careers that you would never think, like teaching. Narcissists are attracted to teaching. Um, a lot of them go on to become administrators. So many principals. I. I know this for a fact that you used to be a teacher. Um, You have to have a level of narcissism to be a principal. You just do. Because if you don't, you can't do it. Uh, That's a job that I said since I started teaching. I don't want to be an administrator. I just want to teach. Because the administration of a school is just... It's difficult, but it's also... You have to have that level of, you know, not... Not all of them. I had some administrators that I loved, but ultimately it was a principal who pushed me to quit my quit teaching, quit quit that career. Um anyway, moving on. <laughs> Don't want to get into that. Um so therapy, when you're looking for a therapist, when even I might come back to you with you need to find a therapist that you can, you know, a good therapist. What goes into that? You know, what what goes into finding a good therapist? So what goes into finding a good therapist is sometimes trying out bad therapists or not bad therapists, but ones that just don't fit you, okay? Now, I always do research when I've looked for a therapist, um, up until a few years ago, I was looking for a therapist that knew about anxiety, which is every single therapist ever. Anxiety and depression are like the two things that every therapist can help with. But I had a hard time. I, I spent several years looking for a therapist that matched my personality, um, I don't know. I was just, you have to click. I mean, this is a person that you are going to tell your deepest secrets to, and you have to click with them. You have to, right? You you just do. 
And that doesn't happen with everybody. It's, it's the same thing as finding a partner in life, right? You have to find someone that you click with, that you have chemistry with, that, that you have things in common. And if, if you don't feel comfortable with your therapist or if they see something negative to you, then it's time to fire them. And there's a mistaken idea that you have to actually tell the therapist that you're firing them. You have to do no such thing. If you feel uncomfortable with your therapist, stop seeing that therapist, start looking for a new one. You don't have to communicate with them that you're leaving. Because that's an awkward thing and therapy is supposed to be to make you feel better. And if it stresses you out more, what's the point? Okay, so yeah, being a therapist and and therapists are supposed to not take things personally. Okay, now it took me years to find a therapist that I really liked. And at the end of the day, I'm not really sure what happened. Okay, except, I mean, I know what happened. I can tell you exactly why I stopped going to her. But I'm not sure why that happened because, well, that's not true. If I'm really honest with myself, there were several times when I went to see her. For the most part, it was a good experience. The things that she said to me were helpful. She was there for me when I found out I had brothers. I mean, she was really a a good person for me, I thought, I thought. Kind, I thought, all of these things. But then the last few sessions I had with her, I was talking more about my ex-husband than I had been. Because I started to realize just how toxic my marriage was, how abusive he was. I couldn't... I was having a hard time accepting it, even though we've been divorced for a long time, since 2006. The reason I had a hard time accepting it, I think, is just because how could I be with someone or married to someone for eight years and not not realize how toxic they were? And I couldn't accept it. And I finally did start to see how toxic it was do things to protect myself, right? I told you guys that I put up a boundary with him that um and this and it's been a good 6 months since I put up that boundary and it's been a blessing um that he could not cuz uh he would come pick up my daughter at my house. My daughter's 19. She's not even here right now, so it's not an issue. But when she came to visit last time, um, he would come here, pick her up, and stand at the door, ring the doorbell. And my my current husband, who's a super nice guy, would open the door and start talking to him. And it was awkward for my husband. It was I didn't want to talk to him, so I had to put that boundary down. That he could come and pick her up, but text her from the driveway, and she would come up. 
And that worked out beautifully because I didn't have to see him. I didn't have to worry about my husband feeling awkward, nothing. So, okay. Um, So I started to tell my therapist. Now, I didn't put that boundary down with the therapist I'm talking about. I was still, I still hadn't done that. Um, But I could see that every time my daughter was here was a conflict, right? When her birthday came around, he manipulated things so that whatever he wanted to do for her would happen. And if I had something in mind to do for her, it didn't happen. They would do things behind my back. It was just horrific. Him and his wife, they they treated me horribly. They kept me out, um, out of the loop of things, even when my daughter was younger, but... I would complain to her about it, and even in the beginning, she would tell me, well, why don't you talk to him? And I'm like, oh, I guess I haven't thought about talking to him. And I would explain to her, I have tried to talk to him, but talking to him was like talking to the wall. It was like talking to my mother, right? I would have a conversation with him. I would leave the conversation feeling like something had been resolved, and at the end of the day, it, nothing had been resolved. He did what he wanted to anyway. I never got through to him. I never was able to have a conversation that was a two-way street with him. It was, you know, it was fake. He was faking me out. So he, he would just yes me to death and do what he wanted. And, and, and I would end up feeling like crap. So I wanted him out of my life. <laughs> So he did something. He did something that was very clearly abusive. And it actually has to do with the post I put on right now on Instagram. And I didn't I didn't connect that till now, but um the last thing that he did to me, I had Tupperware. Okay, Tupperware. Not a big deal. He was picking my daughter up. They were going somewhere and I get a phone call early in the morning. Um, and, and just so you know, I do sleep in because I have sleep issues. So like last night, I didn't go to sleep till three, at least three o'clock in the morning. So I sleep in. So waking me up at eight or nine in the morning is early for me. And he woke me up just so that I could have the Tupperware ready. Okay, that is clear abuse in in my eyes. I know that it's clear that he's trying to upset me because there was no reason for him to contact me at all. Okay. So, and my daughter has always felt like she had to take the blame for everything. And then I hated that too. But anyway, so getting, I know it's taking me a long time to get to the point. So my therapist tried to convince me that he was in fact not trying to do anything on purpose, that I was being stubborn. She called me stubborn because I kept saying, no, that's not the case. He is purposely trying to hurt me because he's purposely tried to hurt me or been hurting me my since I met him. And she called me stubborn and that I couldn't look at it the right way. A therapist is not supposed to convince you that you're wrong. 
That's called gaslighting. Telling you that how you see something is incorrect. How the hell did she know what my husband, ex-husband was doing? She didn't. When I hung up the phone that day, I knew that was the last time I was going to talk to her for sure. I had already had doubts because a year before I had found another therapist and had a few sessions with her. But I went back to this one. For some reason. I guess it's kind of like our trauma does that to us. That we go back to the the not the best situation for us. So um, I finally had no choice but to, to leave her. Go to the therapist I had found who knew about narcissism. And I explained to her. I said, look, I this happened. I did go back to my therapist, but this happened. And she said she was, she was not intentionally maybe, but she was gaslighting you. I said, yeah, I know. I didn't feel comfortable with what she was saying to me. And calling me stubborn, you calling your patients names now, you know? I'm paying you and you're calling me stubborn? No. I've heard worse. I've heard much worse. Okay. Um, if a therapist is calling you names, if a therapist is not believing you. Now, not every situation is the same, of course, right? What if you are wrong? What if there's a different perspective that you should be looking at? The therapist should know how to make you think about that without calling you a name, okay? Just point you into that direction if she thinks or he thinks, maybe this is not really what's happening, maybe this is what's happening, then there should be some sort of like questioning to get you to think about it, okay? Um, Your therapist, you should feel comfortable to say anything, anything at all, a bad word, you don't have to be professional with a therapist. And if you feel like you have to act or be a certain way, that's not your therapist, right? If you can't just be yourself. I had that happen to me when I started my first ever therapist when I was 25 years old, um, 22 years ago, um, that she corrected my grammar as I was speaking, and I was in college at, as an English major. I was just talking. She was a horrible therapist. That's all I'm going to say. She was horrible, okay? She told me things that were incorrect about sex um, that are incorrect. Like, I've heard people, I've, I've seen, not heard people, I've seen videos on TV that say the and I think to myself, wow, I can't believe this woman, I paid this woman to tell me incorrect information. Now, I'm not saying that she she didn't think that was correct, but she was wrong. She was horrible. I should have done something about that because she really was really bad. And that was my first time going to therapy. So I didn't realize I could just, leave. <laughs> Actually, I told her I that I was done. I had I was I had an appointment coming up and I was done. I didn't want to go. So I called her and said I'm not coming. I'm done. 
well, we need to have a last appointment. I said, no, we don't. I was stronger back then. I said, no, we don't. No, we don't. I'm not coming and that's it. I mean, what was she going to do? <laughs> they just want you to pay them that one last time. Um, but if a therapist tells you you have to come in one last time, that is a lie. You do not. You don't even have to tell them you're not coming back. You just don't go back. Okay. So that's, um, unless, uh, that's if you don't have an appointment with them. If you have an appointment and you're not going to show up, you should tell them you're not going because they can charge you for that. Some of them have policies about that. So don't want you to get charged. But you don't need to make an appointment. If you just had an appointment and you didn't make another appointment, don't make another one. Just don't make one. You don't have to tell them that you're not going to. All right, so... The things to look out for is how you feel because your gut is always going to steer you in the right direction. Always going to steer you in the right direction. I have been trying very, very, very hard to listen to my gut because there are still times and I can hear my gut now. Okay, I'm at the point where it's not that I don't know what my gut is telling me because I do. Now I know what my gut says, but sometimes I go against it. And I'm learning that not to do that. That if my gut tells me this person is is not good for you, they're a toxic person, you don't agree with them, um they just they're overpowering there's someone and it's it's always my doing. It's I'm always looking for it's a person that was very good friends with my husband many years ago that he lost touch with and I was because I didn't really know a lot about him before I met him. I needed to know Right, so I was constantly looking. I found his sister. That didn't turn out well. I've talked about that before. Um. Now there's this other person, and it's the same thing. It's not going very well. She's very. She's one of those people. She's a little older than us, and she she You know, she's one of those people that her bully. She she bullies you in a conversation. She'll talk and talk and talk and what I believe and I say is the truth and nothing but the truth. And her situation is, is she's the one upper. And I've been feeling this way for a while. And I'm like, I don't even, it's so much that she's not in my radar. Like when I go, when I think of calling a friend, she's not one of the people that comes to mind to call because she's, I don't mesh with her that well um she actually called the other day and everything she said just rubbed me the wrong way everything she said um and I just I said you know you have to listen to your gut if your gut is telling you this person shouldn't be in your life she shouldn't you don't have to have a fight with her she you just have to just keep it the way it is you know let her talk to him when when she calls (laughs) anyway so we have to learn with a therapist to listen to our gut. Our gut is not going to lie. You know, your gut is there to protect you. 
and your gut is going to tell you, okay, this is not the right therapist for you. Okay. It's just not, you don't feel comfortable. You don't like how she talks. There's something about her or him. That's number one. Number two, a therapist should never actively go against what you're saying. They should believe what you're saying. Okay. That's why narcissism, narcissists shouldn't go to therapy because it's very difficult. Like a therapist, a really good therapist may be able to see over the narcissism, but a therapist is supposed to be on your side. So it's it's difficult, right? You can see where the difficulty comes in there that they ha- they should believe the narcissist, but the narcissist is just lying. <laughs> Um, and that's, that's how my, the therapist I just, that I stopped going to recently made me feel like I was fabricating things and I was not, and I am not, you know, I know what I feel. I know it just because I didn't spend four years talking to her about my ex-husband. It was mostly about my mother, my mother, my mother, my father, my mother, my mother, Right doesn't mean that I didn't have this terrible relationship that because my mother is gone has come to the surface, right? That how bad it really was. The things I didn't realize were toxic. Um, They should never call you names, right? And if you're going to therapy for a toxic parent... Right? So your situation is I have a bad relationship with my mother or father, which is something I used to bring up in therapy years ago. But no one, none of those therapists, one in particular that I did, I went to for a long time. She was a very good therapist. She was a child psychologist mostly, but she saw adults and, um, She wasn't bad, but I don't think she saw the control, how much of control my mother had over me, how much control she had over my life. She was extremely instrumental in my divorce because my mother objected so much to my divorce that I almost changed my mind at the last moment. And... I had an I called my therapist and I had an emergency session with her. Um and she asked me the question that no one had ever asked. What do you want? And my answer was I want him to leave and I want to get divorced. I knew what I wanted. I just needed someone to ask me. Someone that I trusted. And someone who could just get the answer out of me. And that's that's how it happened. And I left there knowing there was no going back. I didn't want to go back. So she was a very good therapist. But when it came to my mother, she gave me advice on great, more like the gray rocking advice. It was she told me that whenever my mother was interfering, for example, in how I was raising my daughter that I could tell her, thank you for your advice. I'll I'll put it into consideration and then move on. 
Um, she would tell me not to spend too much time. Like if I was anxious going to my parents' house, not to spend too much time there. But she didn't actually come out and say that she, that my mother was a narcissist. And I think part of it is because I never realized this till years later. I looked at her entire profile and she's a Christian therapist. So I didn't know this. I did not know this. Um, so being that she was Christian and, and would have couples in there that were Christian meant that she had a very strong idea about the mother figure and all of that. So I can see why now. I'm just talking about my experience because I don't have another experience to tell you except that I've I've read, you know, in my support group, the one I belong to, women complain about their therapist there, right? They say, well, my therapist told me that I should try and speak to my mother. And that is the wrong advice. If you go to a therapist because you're having issues with your mom or your dad, and it's it's abuse, and you know it's abuse, right? And they tell you, try to talk to them. That's not your therapist. They don't know anything about toxic parents and, and narcissistic parents. They don't know anything about it because trying to talk to them is the opposite of what, what, what should be happening is they should be trying to help you to cut those ties of the trauma bonding. So that you can start to heal, not push you towards them. So you can try to have a relationship with someone who's going to hurt you every time you talk to them. So having and picking a good therapist is really, really difficult. It's difficult. Because they're not all made the same. They're not all good. Some of them are narcissists themselves. They should never be calling you names. They should be listening to you. And then if they see something, like I said before, where maybe you are mistaken, we're not perfect, right? That's why we're going to therapy. There's a different way to go about trying to see you, trying to let you see something by questioning you, asking you questions, as opposed to calling you stubborn because you disagree with them when, because you know that you're right. You know that this person is trying to harm you. So my advice here is go to a therapist with an open mind. Do not go to the therapist thinking this is a person who's going to solve all my problems because they they're not. Number 1, no therapist can do that. Number 2, you want to keep your mind open, listen intently and and just feel it. Okay? This is the time when I say let your feelings kind of guide you because your feelings are going to tell you. Your gut is going to tell you Ah, there's a red flag here. She said or he said something I really don't agree with. Um, 
they're not a good fit for me and move on, fire them. Right? Doctors and therapists and all of that, these are people that you pay to see, right? And you should get the best care possible. So it is your right to fire a doctor, a therapist, anybody. It really is. If they're not working in your best interest. I hope this was helpful. I know a lot of you go to therapy. I hope that you have a good therapist that understands narcissism. I know that a lot of you do. Because again, just as many people that have contacted me to tell me they have bad therapists, I've had people tell me that their therapist has helped them get out of the situation with the toxic parent. So there are good therapists out there. You just have to look for them. My therapist now, I searched for someone who specifically listed narcissism. And she absolutely knows. Okay. I don't know what her personal experience is. I do know she has it though. I don't think there's any therapist that is willing to specialize in narcissism unless they personally have experienced it. Right? And I honestly don't think that there's anyone on this planet who hasn't experienced a narcissist. There's too many of them. There's not, it's not a small, tiny number. Okay. It's a huge number. Okay. And all of us have come across a narcissist. Maybe it's not the parent. Maybe it's not the romantic partner. Maybe it's someone you work with. That's the more common place that you're going to run into narcissists. But all of us have. So every therapist should know about narcissism, but it's usually those that have had the trauma with a parent or with with a spouse that go into therapy and their 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 thing is narcissists, right? So this therapist I have now is she knows what she's doing. The the best part is I just had I had a session this this week. <laughs> is that I've gotten to a point where I have something on my mind. I have a question. Like, I'm having a tough time dealing with my father in my mind, but I'm not dealing with him in real life. It's just trying to come to terms with the fact that I had two toxic parents has been a challenge for me. Because I expected things to be different. I hoped. And hope is a four-letter word in the world of dysfunctional families. So I asked her. I said, how? How do I just stop and feel better about this? I've already gone through this with my mother. My mother's already dead. And now I'm dealing with my father and I just, I don't want to feel bad. And I said to her, time, time is what's going to do this, isn't it? And she just went, "You, that's what I was going to tell you. There's no other way. Um, I feel like I could be a therapist because I, I already know the answers. Because, you know, it's just hard to be your own therapist. It's hard to think about your own problems and go... It's just going to take you time. It takes time to heal. It's, that's all it is. You know, you come to 
the acceptance of the situation and then it just takes time, right? I think I I had an expectation of my father that just wasn't going to happen because he that's not who he is. And past, you know, the past does tell you what the future holds. My dad abandoned three kids. Three. He divorced two women. I don't really know the situation for the divorces. Well, at least for the first divorce. The second divorce, it was he met my mother. Or what my mother was involved in that one. But this is who he is. He's not a man who deals with things. He is a man who tries to ignore problems. So expecting him to confront me, who is going to say things like, why did you abandon three sons? What? Why did you do X, Y, and Z to me? Why did you work two jobs when I was growing up and I never saw you? Why did you leave me with her? Why did you never stand up for me? That's not something he's willing to do. And that is exactly what would happen. How could I not say those things? The end of the story with my dad is still a question mark. Because I realized my mother just died in September. Right? How many months is that? Eight? Whatever. October, November, December, January, February, March, April, May. Nine. Wow, time is really moving, huh? Nine months ago. He was married to her for 48 years. 48, 47, 48 years. It's going to take a long time for him to see the truth, right? To he start to see how things really were, maybe. Maybe he'll never see it. But I don't know what my reaction is going to be. I have no plan right now as to if he were to contact me. Right now, I'd pro- it's probably not a good idea. But let's say in a year or two from now, he's a different person because he's seeing things differently. Um, and he contacts me. I, I don't know. I guess that's a to-be-continued, right? situation but anyway so hopefully you have a therapist that is understanding that is kind that doesn't call you names and that knows about narcissism and knows that there's no cure and the thing is they cannot diagnose your parent because your parents aren't there and it's against the law they can't they have to go by what what you tell them about your parent um, or whoever it is. But hopefully they are supportive. They believe you and they help you through it. Okay. Um, I love you guys so much. I hope this was helpful. Um, I know that picking a therapist is hard. And that staying with one is hard. Because things change in your own life. And you may need a different therapist. Right. So my best wish for you is that you can find one that you like and that is helpful and that 
really knows about dysfunctional family dynamics, you know, because that's that's a difficult thing to understand. All right, guys, I love you. And until next time.